0: It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
2: Hello and welcome to Attacking 3rd CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Eckert, I lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Join today as always by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's segment, we are going to start with a North Carolina Courage preview. So before we take a deep dive into all that, leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're also on YouTube, so please subscribe to us at youtube.com slash attacking third to get all sorts of exclusive NWSL content, previews, recaps, and interviews right here on Attacking Third the NWSL season starts March 25th, and you can watch all games on Paramount+. Plus. We're doing every single-team preview on A3. That's right, all 12 teams. You can catch them on podcasts or on YouTube. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your neighbors. Tell your pets. Tell Tell everybody, because <laughs> the regular season will be here before we know it. Lisa we're We're rolling on. we're We're talking about more teams. We're talking about the courage today
0: we we're cruising. We're cruising with our previews. Um, it's fun. It's really getting me excited for the season because we get to we do a lot of prep work that goes into these episodes to kind of deep dive everything. And of course, we've been following these teams for years and and we followed the draft. We covered it live. So like a lot of this info is already in our brain. But the more I kind of read articles about these teams and, about the season to come, about their preseason games that they've already have had and they've played in. It gets me more and more excited. Um, so I just hope that we can kind of convey a little bit of that excitement to everyone else because the season is literally around the corner. It is it is almost here. I cannot wait for it. March 25th, Paramount Plus. Watch all the NWSL games that you could ever hope and dream for.
2: I love that. That you can never hope and dream for, uh, and you know we're gonna get uh, a, a thrilling opening weekend. All twelve clubs are gonna compete uh, over the course of opening weekend, uh, and that includes North Carolina Courage. So let's let's talk a little bit about the Courage to date as they are uh, building up to their uh, home opener and in the, in the regular season. Uh, led by head coach uh, Sean Nahas. This is going to be his second full season with the team. Uh They went ahead and fleshed out some of the technical staff as well, Uh, welcomed Fabrice Gattra as an assistant coach uh, with the staff. They are trying to build off of their finish in 2022. North Carolina Courage finishing in number seven. They uh, were seventh in the standings. And probably the, the team – with the buzz around them as actual playoff bubble contenders. There were a lot of teams in the playoff conversation, yeah. but it's one thing to be a team who's actually in contention for a playoff spot. And that actually belonged to the Courage. Unfortunately, it came down to that final weekend as it typically does in this league now. Uh, and they just narrowly missed out on a playoff spot uh, with a 9-5-8 and record at number seven, but no playoffs for the first time in their uh, franchise history. Um, so we were curious how this club was going to navigate their off season, uh, because what do you do when you're that when you're so used to having um, the type of history that you have, where you're constantly going to the playoffs and yet you just narrowly miss out? What do you do? to try to ensure that you get back to that point. Um, and they participate. They tried to participate in free agency a little bit. They definitely wanted to try to retain uh, Davina, but they weren't able uh, to do that. They had a pretty active draft day themselves. And uh, they've added some other players through just signings and, and acquisitions. And um, we took a look at all of their moves over the offseason, And we ended up giving them an off season grade of a C. Uh, we just – Thought that they added some pieces, but maybe didn't do enough to, to sort of really kind of boost those uh, chances of, uh, of making their return to the playoffs. But uh, we'll we'll see, of course, and we'll talk a little bit more about why. Uh, but some of the pieces that they added to this team. Are very interesting and in how we might see them utilized uh, with the courage and on those game day starting 11s. Uh, they added in free agency defender Estelle Johnson. Um, they also engaged in that. Uh, that multi-player trade on on uh racing Louisville side uh, with Emily Fox arriving to uh to the courage for both Abby Ursek and Carson Pickett uh, Tyler Lucy now uh with the courage uh they also announced the signing of a Danish forward and Amelia uh, Gail Jensen uh, and they also had a pretty active draft this is the second consecutive year that we noted that that North Carolina courage had multiple First round picks, and they ended up going with Sydney Collins, Clara Robbins, Haley Hawkins, and Olivia Wingate. To sort of recap some of the acquisitions and the uh, and the draftees.
0: Yeah, I think with Sean Nehas um, looking at this team and kind of what's been given in front of him, and reflecting on twenty twenty two, it was a pretty hot and cold season in my mind because. North Carolina goes on to win the Challenge Cup um, at the start of the year. It was the first time we really get to see the magic of Dabinia and Caroline together on the pitch. And then they really kind of just fell off throughout the regular season. Towards the end of it, they really picked it back up and they were a bubble team that was pushing and doing everything they could. I, I think a lot of pressure fell on the shoulders of players like Caroline Dabinia, Diana Ordonez to step up and and carry this team, Denise O'Sullivan, towards the end of that regular season last year. And because of that, I, I think the coaching staff at North Carolina realized we have to spread the wealth a little bit. We have to make sure that we have consistency and balance across this entire roster. And I think for them to pick up a defender and Estelle Johnson is massive. This is a veteran in the league who has been consistent over the last several years, getting minutes, uh, most recently with Gotham and playing a lot of time at a team that also faced a lot of backlash in 2022. I think for Johnson, this is a, a really good move personally for her to go to a North Carolina team that is a contender that has a history of winning and has a history of success that they're trying to get back to. Um, and then Emily Fox across that back line as well. I mean, and North Carolina also has Casey Murphy in goal, right? This is a United States women's national team caliber goalkeeper. And now you're adding a veteran in Estelle Johnson and the U.S. women's national team defender in emily fox to that back line plus they're adding in a little bit of international flair um, out of denmark and and japan uh, with millie jean jensen um millie gael jensen excuse me and then narumi miura Uh, this is these are big ads right these are big pieces for this team plus Forward Tyler Lucy, formerly a defender, perhaps? I mean, always a forward. But with Angel City and under Freya Coombe, uh, Lucy really playing uh, in the back line. I'm not sure where we'll see her right now for Sean Neha. She's listed as a forward on their roster. But I could see her playing across the back line considering the other defenders and the other pieces that they have. Um, and And I agree. I think that the draft class for North Carolina – not too bad, right? They they picked up some pieces that they need. No names that really were like top five that you were looking at. I, I know when we recapped the draft, Sandra, we were a little disappointed that North Carolina didn't go for some of those bigger names, um, those impact players that can make an uh, an impact right away with this North Carolina side. But they did get some depth players and, and r- trying to build out that roster. But they also lost a lot in the offseason. Yeah. they lost a lot. It's a balance game between what you're adding, what you're gaining and what you're signing and what you're losing. And I think North Carolina lost more than they gained.
2: I think on paper, when you're sort of, you know, comparing the law, lo- the, the losses and departures uh, to the column that has, you know, the acquisitions and the additions to the team. Yeah. I think early perspective is maybe they're the, the team is on, the losing side of that. But I think there's also something to be said that maybe there's some unknowns and some unknown variables, right? Cause we don't know how, um, like you mentioned, like, we don't know how Tyler Lucy's going to be utilized with, with this team, um, I have a feeling maybe it's going to be on the back line just because of some of those losses, right? We're talking not just one, but two of your starting outside backs uh, with Matthias and with Pickett at this point, having, uh, you know, departed from the team. Uh, So maybe we're going to see, you know, Lucy within there. But I mean, it's hard to replace a big Big piece of that midfield in somebody like Dibina. So you know, are we going to see uh, Narumi Miora go ahead and slot in and try to uh, present something a little bit different for this North Carolina Courage team? Um, this was a, a signing for me that was I was kind of excited about. Um, for. Folks who aren't aware, you know, has played with the, you know, Japan's international team for, for some time. Um, maybe you got to see a little bit during Jubilees. Maybe you even got to see a little bit during um, the, the Women's Cup uh, on Paramount Plus mm-hmm. when uh, Tokyo Verde I was participating in the tournament in Louisville. Um, so I'm a little curious as to how they want to slot a player like this into, into the mix um, as well. But uh, Emily Fox, obviously a big one there. Like how, maybe you went out in in the These trades and these trade acquisitions, you went out and you replaced what you essentially lost uh, in in a Matthias and or a Pickett. But we're not again. These are the unknowns. We're actually not going to know until we see it uh, all come together uh, on the pitch for for this team. So I I think there's a number of clubs that we could look at and sort of say, gosh, they lost a lot in the offseason. And I think there's a handful of them. And I think you. At this point, we include the Courage within that in terms of some of the teams that yeah. had a lot of losses. I, I I think the
0: Courage did lose a lot. I mean, they lost three of their defenders, three of their four defenders across the back line. In Emerit Mathias as an outside back, Carson Pickett as an outside back, yeah. and Abby Urseg as your center back.
2: Yeah. Five, starters, five starters, essentially.
0: Yes, and then you lose Dabinia in the midfield, which, no, uh, she was a big part of that midfield, playing alongside Denise O'Sullivan and, and Ryan Williams, whoever else happened to be playing in there. But Dabinia was a big, big part of that. And then you lose your Rookie of the Year contender in Diana Ordonez as, as a forward. These are all big, big losses. Yeah, five starters for this team, Um five players that were really influential in the year last year and, and what they did. I think there, there are some silver linings in that they re-signed someone like a Denise O'Sullivan. They re-signed someone like a Casey Murphy. Those are definitely some positives coming out of North Carolina, but uh, these losses are are really big, really, really big. Um, and only one of them to free agency, but perhaps the, the I mean, not perhaps to being the biggest free agent candidate that there was And it was announced pretty early that she would not be returning to North Carolina. Um, And that was when the speculation started. But I just, yeah, I think this is one of the teams in the NWSL that had a a rough offseason with what they lost.
2: No, I'm with you. But we got to take a look at at the roster overhaul, maybe to sort of highlight the bigger picture of what could come uh, in the near future for this team as the regular season approaches on March 25th. So we're going to break down uh, the roster by position for everyone right after a quick break. So stick with us. Robert
1: Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
2: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. okay let's keep uh let's keep breaking down this roster for North Carolina courage because we're still operating in preseason uh mode a little bit until that official whistle k- kicks off the things on March 25th um so let's take a look at how they sort of presented uh, a preseason roster here they had three goalkeepers listed with uh Marissa boba Casey Murphy Caitlin Brolin they had 10 defenders uh Malaya Berkeley Sidney Collins uh the draftee, Estelle Johnson and their free agent signing, Emily Fox, Kaylee Kurtz, Kiki, uh, Kiki Pickett, Ryan Williams. Um, that's 10 for defenders, and we've got eight midfielders, Emily Gray, Denise O'Sullivan, Brianna Pinto, Clara Robbins, Meredith Speck, Frankie Taglifieri. Then we've got nine forwards. OK, Tess Bode, Millie Farrell, uh, Millie Jill Jensen, Haley Hopkins, Tyler Lucy listed as a forward, uh, Rick Madison, Caroline, Brittany Radcliffe and Olivia Wingate. Uh, Jennifer Cujo was initially um, a non-roster invitee, but we haven't seen her uh, named in any official capacity to uh, any of the preseason uh, roster so you know curious about that if if, if there's a, a path for this player to to link up with the courage but in terms of what we're you know seeing in front of us um outside of maybe some of the players that we chatted about already those acquisitions we talked about Tyler Lucy and how they maybe want to utilize her thinking, hey, maybe they're going to utilize her in the outside back position, but they've got her listed as a forward, um, you know, in, in this preseason roster. And that's not to say that she mm-hmm. might not go to a converted um, outside back position, because that's ultimately what we saw with Angel City. Was She was also listed as a forward with that team. Saw time on the uh, top line with Angel City. But as injuries and things sort of came into play, we saw Angel City and Freya Coombe kind of shake some things around and we saw Tyler Lucy get some shifts in at outside back. So I'm a little curious if this will stay the way it is. Um, but nine forwards, that's that's a that's a hefty number, I think, compared to some of the other rosters that we've seen that we've seen anywhere from, you know, five, six or seven.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it is a lot to have nine forwards. Um, And for Tyler Lucy, I I think we'll see her across the back line. It doesn't really matter what her position says on the roster. Coach can play her anywhere he wants. Um, I mean, we talked about that with Freya Coombe and Angel City. Who knows where these players could play? Uh, But when you look at this North Carolina roster and, and kind of how everything is broken down, one name that I am... Interested to watch this year is Emily Gray, this is a midfielder for North Carolina courage that is in her second second year with the courage. Um, She was drafted in 2022. And she didn't do that much last year. She didn't. It, it, I was a little disappointed. And maybe it was the situation she was put in. Maybe it was um, the the season. Maybe it was the team, the style of play, the formation. But this was a number three draft pick out of the 2022 draft, going to North Carolina. Um, massive for this type of player. Out of Virginia Tech. Uh, maybe a little bit unassuming, but a top-notch player. And now that they have shifted some things around in the midfield, I mean, Honestly, having Dabinia leave this roster changes things. How are we going to see North Carolina roll out in their formation? Because you're no longer building a formation and a team around one individual player, Dabinia. That's That's what was happening before. And it worked really well for North Carolina. Now they have a little bit more freedom, I think, to utilize players in in the best way for them. I'm looking at someone like a Denise O'Sullivan. Defensively, she's got to be their go-to in the midfield. She's wearing the captain's armband for this team this year. This is a player in Denise O'Sullivan that has got to step up. And I think Emily Gray can learn from a player like Denise O'Sullivan and understand that the freedom and the flexibility in the midfield with this team and, and depending on how they're going to play, I think someone like an Emily Gray could be utilized a lot this year. But when you look at these this front line and these forwards that are listed, I don't know who's going to start uh, because there are nine listed yeah. and a, a lot of question marks there. I mean, Caroline is a shoe in for uh, this team and, and kind of her position on it. But otherwise, there's a lot of question marks around this this front run, front line nine players.
2: No, I'm with you. And I think it's important to sort of know um, the the midfield in that, you know, and how they will connect to who potentially is going to be that mm-hmm. top line there. Um, I think, I think Emily Gray is a good shout to sort of note that you want to maybe see a player take that next step. Um, yeah, this is, this is a, look, this is a franchise that has had now two consecutive first rounds with multiple picks and, I don't think it's an unfair question to ask, like, what's going to be the next step in the development for some of these players. When you've got, um, when you've got that many first round picks, the general concept around that is, Oh, like, you're going to get some pretty good talent. If you've got not just one, but multiple first rounders. And the, the general mindset being like, Oh, maybe some of them might fall to the second rounds and maybe you can get, you know, a, a somewhat ready player out of there if you if you go ahead and continue the development so maybe coming out of last year when you still had you know someone like like Dabinia when you still you know when you still have someone um you know like a Denise Sullivan or even a Meredith Speck at this point you know has been with the team for some time you know do do those first year players um get an opportunity to get you know extended extended minutes maybe we saw that go to some players like a like a Diana Ordones or, or Caroline an international signing that they made um you know for attacking purposes right so i'm i'm curious as to what that next step is going to be not just for their current draft class but what's the next step going to be for the draft class that they had just last year um where's the development we want to see it right but i'm also looking at somebody like a Brianna Pinto right this is someone who's technically going to answer um 30 I believe, with, yep. with in, in the NWSL. Um, and I'm I'm eager to sort of see her kind of rise and become a face uh, of this franchise, right? Spend a lot of time uh in North Carolina with uh with UNC, and um I think is someone that they can try to continue to, to build around and build with. Um, and what that's going to look like in 2023, I think we'll find out right away. So um Pure, again, a lot of a lot of question marks, I think, than there are uh, answers for, for North Carolina Courage right now in terms of the roster in front of them. Um, but it, it, it leads us to wonder, like, who in 2023 for the Courage is going to be that young prospect to look out for? Who do we want to see maybe have a breakout year? And who is going to be that experienced veteran, perhaps, that they lean on? You know, we're talking a little bit about the back-to-back draft classes that this team had. And just coming out of this most recent one, you and I – Hung on Philly, got to see uh, this up close. Uh, we're going to go with Olivia Wingate here out of North, uh, excuse me, Notre Dame, uh, because we talked a little bit about how they made those selections in the first round, and you said, Hey, maybe there was some talent there that you thought that they should have went with, but yeah. they ended up making a, a different selection. And I think Olivia Wingate might have been one of these players. Um, that perhaps you know raised a couple of eyebrows and peaked a couple of ears up uh when we when the name was called for North Carolina courage, but uh strong program in in Notre Dame <laughs> scored a lot of goals and uh Listen, it's a World Cup year. We've talked a lot about that. How when there are international cycles that come into play, that there are certain players and opportunity, or there are certain opportunities that present themselves to players, and maybe they'll get a chance to to capitalize on those opportunities in front of them. So we're going with uh, Olivia Wingate.
0: I think this is a good shout as a young prospect to keep an eye on because during the draft there were maybe more. Uh, eligible, qualified, best available player still on the board. And Sean Nahas went with Wingate, not, not a local product. She's outside of Boston and from Massachusetts Uh, went to Notre Dame. And as you mentioned, had a stellar career, 14 goals, five assists in her final season in 2022 at Notre Dame. So one season alone, um, led her team throughout the NCAA tournament to the elite eight. She was a first team, all ACC selection, a third team, all American selection. Um, this was a, a big time player that maybe didn't have the spotlight as some of the other players that were initially listed in this draft. And I think that's something that maybe drew Sean Nahas to a player like Wingate because of the draft, class that they got, Sydney Collins, Claire Robbins, Haley Hopkins, Olivia Wingate. None of these names were, so top-notch, right, uh, of what these players could do um, in terms of this draft class. But I think Olivia Wingate is one that could really step into this team. I mean, picture her, Olivia Wingate, uh, as this type of forward alongside someone like a Caroline, ahead of someone in the midfield, um, like an Emily Gray, uh, Denise O'Sullivan, a Brianna Pinto. I could see that type of midfield happening. I'm excited about what Wingate can do with this team, and I think – North Carolina Courage is going to have to lean on some of these players that are first-year experience or second-year experience and and how they can step up and do that. And Wingate's one that's ready for it coming out of Notre Dame, for sure.
2: I'm excited to see what this what this player can do, especially, I mean, we're talking about you know whether or not some of these younger players are going to have the opportunity to get more time. So I think if, if she does, maybe it's something alongside of uh, or inside of a Challenge Cup, maybe we'll get to see some exciting moments from this player. But with so many players sort of either entering a sophomore season or a first year as a professional, you know, of course, we anticipate that maybe they'll try to pull from, you know, their experienced veterans around them. And while we're talking a little bit about the offseason earlier in this episode and the losses that this team had, there were a lot of veteran pieces that are no longer with this team. Um, so, yes, we, we still see someone on this courage roster with Dele- Denise O'Sullivan. Uh, really the only uh, remaining piece from those former championship years. Um, but who else is is going to be that player that could sort of step up and sort of be, the, you know, provide that that leadership? Um, and you know what? I think we're still looking along the defensive line in this one, even in the absence of, of someone like an Abby Yersek or Carson Pickett. And uh, we're going to go with Kaylee Kurtz. We feel like this is a player who's uh, already become a little bit of an important piece for this courage back line. And I think in light of some of those offseason uh, uh, departures, uh, Kurtz is in a really strong position to kind of maybe emerge as one of those those faces or one of those vocal leaders for for this team in 2023.
0: I agree completely. Kaylee Kurtz is a player that stepped up immensely in 2022. She solidified her position in that back line. She started 22 matches. Every game that she played in, she started. um, And... Really, it, she she took shots throughout the year. She contributed in the attack a, as a center back. That's really difficult to do. But that's the confidence that we're seeing from Kaylee Kurtz and, and this type of team. And when you look at the players that North Carolina lost across their back line, Merritt Mathias, Abby, said Carson Pickett, it leaves room for someone like Kaylee Kurtz to really step in, and take over that back line. I imagine we'll see someone like an Estelle Johnson and a Kaylee Kurtz solidify themselves in that center back duo uh, playing alongside an Emily Fox in an outside back role. That's really exciting to me. But Kaylee Kurtz is the one amongst Johnson and Fox that has the experience playing in North Carolina under Sean Nahas last year and understands what it's like to play behind someone like a Denise O'Shea that – Um, She can take to the next level. She can build off of in 2022 where she became a solidified starter on this roster. Now continue that into consistency and leadership, vocal organization on this roster. I, I think it could be a really good year for Kaylee Kurtz.
2: I want to see uh I also want to see Kaylee Kurtz score some more goals. I mean, there were a couple of moments there and <laughs> during the season with with the courage where uh it was her actually coming up big on some of those set mm-hmm. piece uh, plays and and not necessarily Abby Ursek, which who was in the maybe in the past kind of like a more f- frequent target for them. So uh I I would love to see it. You would like to see it. Um and I think this is the year to see it because we're talking about how there's a cycle. There's a World Cup year coming up here uh, in, in 2023. And there's a, there's a lot of players on this team that the courage may say goodbye to for a certain period of time. Now, um, these are just, you know, predictions uh, several months out from the World Cup there. There have not been any um, final rosters named um, yet for for certain international teams, but we're, We're going off the assumption that, I don't know, somebody like a Caroline is going to go to the World Cup with Brazil. Somebody like Denise O'Sullivan will be on that final roster uh, for Ireland. Uh, But there's some unknowns in in terms of who else might... um, you know, be unavailable for this team in in 2023 for long stretches of time, you know, is Naomi Mira going to, you know, be with Japan uh, in the World Cup? Are they going to lose a couple of their Danish players, right? Whether it's in somebody like Jensen or, or Manson. So that's a, that's a, that's a hefty amount of players. I think when you've got more than three that potentially can, can, um, make an exit during the season. Um, that's a big thing. And the list just keeps going because there's also the possibility of Casey Murphy, uh, not being available for this team as well. Um, and the possibility of her uh, being on international duty with the United States. Uh, So we're talking anywhere from the possibility of of three locks to, you know, to six players uh, missing for at least uh, a hefty chunk of time here. Um, So maybe, yeah, maybe this is the year that we're going to see uh, some opportunities present themselves to some of the younger players on this team.
0: I agree completely. Six players to lose is a lot of players to lose. And I imagine they'll all be starters or, or giving consif- significant time to North Carolina. Um, I, I think some of the big names, I mean, Casey Murphy, you're losing your starting goalkeeper at this point to go to the world cup with the United States. Now you do have an incredible veteran in Caitlin Roland. You've also got Marissa Bova there to kind of slot into that role, but it's really tricky to lose your goalkeeper. Um, it, it's really tough for these teams to do that. And then Caroline and Denise O'Sullivan, I, I, the, These two are incredible players. They're leaders. They're game changers on the pitch for North Carolina and for their respective countries when they play. I mean, that's going to be a big loss. Those are going to be some holes to fill. How does Sean Nehas? fix that? Find those holes? Does, is there a formation change? How do you make sure that you're giving these six potential players that are leaving with their country in the middle of the summer enough time at the start of the season to get your team in a right position? That's the big balance. Can you get your team in the right position, stack up as many points, wins, wins, ties three and one point games that way you're sitting at a pretty good position in the table by the time july comes around and and now you're saying goodbye to some big starters while also, throughout the first several months of the season, giving time to some of these younger players because they're going to have to step in. And you want that to be a seamless transition when your internationals leave. That's the biggest question mark. Um, I, I think Denise O'Sullivan is one that it's going to be really hard for this team to lose come World Cup time as she makes her departure with Ireland, a, a debutante in the World Cup this year. That's that's a spot I'm really looking at, the midfield for North Carolina.
2: We'll see. I, I love hearing you talk about it a little bit in terms of how the absence of some of these World Cup players might affect the team this season, because I think that kind of transitions into our biggest burning question for this team in this season. You know, we have chatted a little bit about it earlier in the beginning of this preseason. Yes, they were a team that ended up being contenders, like for real in contention bubble playoff team, and they started off their 2022 with a Challenge Cup win. So you've got an exciting start, and you've got an exciting finish for this team in 2022. And there was a whole chunk of middle where they were fighting to no longer be in last place during the regular season. So we saw two different halves of a season for this North Carolina Courage team in 2022, and we really saw them turn it on towards that second half with these amazing individual performances, whether it was out of Dabinia or uh, a Diana Ordonez mm-hmm. breaking a rookie record with goals scored. So what's that going to mean for this team in 2023? The biggest burning question we have for them is can they put together a consistent season in the regular season for 2023? We just did not see any consistency. I don't
0: think from North Carolina in 2022, it was, it was a struggle. They had really high highs and then really low lows after they won the challenge cup. I think there was a bit of pressure on this team and the regular season came and kind of smacked them in the face, like the cold on a, a winter day. And they had breakouts players like a Caroline, a Diana Ordonez to, to run things down at the end of the season and push them into playoff contention. But can they be that, that consistency? And I think it does come into play during the international break and how how they're going to stay on top of it, how they're going to stay consistent. They can't let up. They've got to really continue to grind and, and put together complete 90-minute games over the course of the entirety of the season. And if they can do that, they will be another team that's pushing for a playoff spot at the end of it. I don't think they'll be this top powerhouse team of North Carolina that we've seen in the past. There's just too many new pieces that they have to put together, but they could be another playoff contention team. They'll, they'll be on the bubble at the end of this season.
2: All right, so then that's going to lead us into our projected finish for this team in 2023. Uh, we love ranges here. We love guesstimations. We love to give a spectrum for everyone to, to fall on here. So we're looking at North Carolina Courage to close out their 2023. There's a possibility that they can, you know, go on a run like they did in 2022 and actually break through to the playoffs, maybe as a six seed but things can also go awry and we have them falling as low as ninth if things go the opposite direction for them so somewhere between six and nine six would be an improvement because they ended off in 2022 and seventh and obviously eight or nine would be a little bit of a step a step back for them so we'll have to see where they lie yeah but even at a six it's I mean, you're making the playoffs
0: at that point, but but we don't really have them much higher than that. I, I don't think they'll host. A, they definitely won't be a top one or two team this year, uh, but they could get in there. They could travel, be on the road for the first couple rounds of playoffs. Um, I mean, postseason comes, who knows what could happen. Anything could happen in the postseason. But yeah, I, I think it'll be a tough season for North Carolina. Um, it'll be tough for them to kind of
2: pull out and, and get that consistency factor down. I heard that. Thank you all so much for joining along and listening to our previews. Make sure you download, follow, and listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. You can watch us, too, so please subscribe to us on YouTube so that you get alerts whenever we do go live at youtube.com slash attacking third. We'll be back with more team-by-team previews for the 2023 season. It kicks off on March 25th on Paramount+. Plus For Sandra Retta and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third.